3: Welcome to WBBM In Depth. My name's Jill DeGroot. Russia has launched a full scale invasion of Ukraine, hitting cities and bases with airstrikes and shelling. Today on In Depth, we are bringing you a roundup of reports on the attack from WBBM News Radio. First, a CBS special report.
4: I'm Matt Piper in New York. Ukrainians have been posting on social media scenes of war. <laughs> That was a military fighter jet dropping a bomb steps away from a home. Russia began invading Ukraine some 13 hours ago, and Ukraine's government is right now saying that they have lost control of the Chernobyl nuclear site to Russian forces. Night is now falling. It is 8 p.m. in Kharkiv, Ukraine. The city is in the northeastern part of the country where Andrei Degeler
5: is from. I'm mostly worried about uh, people and uh, the friends of mine who are staying, uh, staying here in Kharkiv because this seems to be one of the... Thank <laughs> you more dangerous uh, places at the moment.
4: CBS's Holly Williams is there too and has more on what Russian President Vladimir Putin is saying.
6: He said, quote, Russia's plans do not include occupation, but he said that Russia would seek to demilitarize Ukraine. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean the total destruction of this country's military, which is about 200,000 strong? Uh, We simply don't know. And given Russia's denial for weeks and months that it was planning an invasion, can we take anything that Russia says at face value?
4: Some two dozen cities in Russia have now become home to anti-war protesters against what their leader Putin is doing. Reporter Felix Light is in Moscow with that.
5: Anti-war protests have been held in several cities across Russia, with hundreds of arrests made. Russian celebrities, including musicians, actors and sports people, have publicly denounced the war, though most stop short of calling out President Vladimir Putin himself.
4: There are people now trying to flee Ukraine as the bombs drop, heading to places like Poland and Romania. CBS's David Martin has more on what the U.S. and other NATO nations are doing to help.
6: The U.S. role right now is to uh, help with the flow of refugees both in Poland and coming across Ukraine's southern border into Romania. And then beyond that, it will be to reinforce NATO.
4: There's a huge impact to what's going on there back here at home. CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger. If we see crude oil go above 100 and then charge towards 120, we could be looking at another 10, 20, even 50 cents per gallon. But it really does depend how long this period of uncertainty lasts. And on Wall Street, the Dow at this hour is down 750. This is CBS News.
3: WBBM also spoke with CBS News military consultant Jeff McCausland for his analysis
0: russia has invaded Ukraine. significant attacks are underway let's get the latest on what we're hearing uh, the let's talk with cbs news military consultant jeff McCausland. Uh, jeff it's always good to have you joining us here as, as you've been kind of taking in the the information that we have uh, what are you gathering about what kind of attacks we're seeing carried out here
7: what we're seeing is large-scale attacks using missiles and artillery across the length and breadth of Ukraine. Some 16 major cities across the countries have now been struck. And we need to keep in mind that will translate already into hundreds and hundreds of civilian casualties throughout the length and breadth of the Ukraine. This suggests to me that the Russian military goals here are, are to take over the entirety of the Ukraine. This is not going to be a military operation limited to the, those separatist areas or to the provinces that immediately adjoin them. This is far beyond anything like that. And now we're also hearing about Russian armored forces advancing across the border from the separatist areas from the borders between Ukraine and Russia proper, as well as what I think are very disturbing reports about Russian forces crossing the border in the north from Belarus in concert with Belarusian forces. That places them roughly 100 miles or less from the, the Ukrainian capital. And a recent report that uh, Russian uh, heliborne or airborne forces have landed and secured uh, a military airfield just outside, about 20 miles outside of Kiev, suggesting that they plan to take the capital, perhaps isolate it, decapitate the leadership uh, sometime as quickly as they can possibly accomplish it.
0: And do you see maybe a potential, especially in Kiev, for uh, a potential for massive destruction as the troops move in?
7: Well, without question, there's no question about that, because the Russians rule you'll have two alternatives in terms of the military options as they move on these big cities. Kiev is a city of a three and a half million people. They can either, A, isolate it and, and try to convince the leadership then to surrender and, and allow them to enter peacefully, or they can move in, and then you're involved in heavy door-to-door street fighting. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that the Ukrainians uh, will fight, uh, Ukrainians have been buying weapons in rapid fashion over the last days, weeks, and months. The Ukrainian military will fight. And once you get into the narrow streets of a major city like that, then a lot of the advantages that the uh, attacker has, and particularly advantages of heavy armor, kind, kind of go away. And, of course, the cohesion of the defender becomes important. Don't forget, Napoleon Bonaparte once said the moral is to the physical as three is to one. And uh, I don't think any individual Russian soldier will be convinced by Putin's argument that we're liberating the Donets when he finds himself somewhere in the streets of Kiev.
0: When it comes to getting Putin to potentially change course, there have been sanctions threatened, uh, sanctions imposed. Uh, That hasn't really done anything. Do you see NATO troops getting involved or have we passed that point?
7: NATO troops will be involved. They just won't be directly involved, and that is in combat with Russian forces. What we'll see NATO forces doing now is I think we'll find more and more of them moving, and that's already begun in the last few days prior to this, uh, into those countries that are NATO members that bore the Russian Federation, most notably Poland, Romania, perhaps Hungary, uh, as well as the Baltic republics. So this is to do two things. One, deter any notion in Vladimir Putin's rather twisted mind, that he could move beyond the boundaries of Ukraine and actually enter NATO territory. And number two, to reassure, frankly, uh, those NATO countries and their populations that the United States and other NATO allies stand behind their commitments.
0: Thanks so much. That is CBS News military consultant Jeff McCausland.
3: Illinois Congressman Mike Quigley also shared with us his thoughts on the invasion today.
0: Illinois Congressman Mike Quigley joining us now to talk about the developments in Ukraine. Congressman Quigley is the co-chair of the Congressional Ukraine Caucus. Uh, Congressman, let's begin with just your initial thoughts based on the information that you're taking in on what Russia's doing there today.
2: Sure. Uh, look, uh, despite what I think are the, the best diplomatic efforts by the U.S. and, and West, the West, um, President Putin has let slip the dogs of war. Uh, The price that Ukrainians will pay for this is is unfathomable. Um, It's a dark day for them, uh, for Europe, and really for democracy across the world.
0: President Biden is meeting with advisors now. He's going to speak later today about more sanctions. What do you think it will take to actually get Putin to pull back? Uh, The threat of sanctions didn't do it, and the current sanctions didn't do it.
2: Well, you couldn't fire all your guns at once. I mean, the first tranche were pretty dramatic. I was pleased to see the uh, German chancellor um, include the pipeline there, the Nord Stream pipeline. That's pretty dramatic. I mean, Russia is a small economy that thrives on energy. Um, But, you know, I've been briefed on this for, for months now. And I just think that Putin came to the decision that Ukraine was more important to him than uh, Nord Stream 2. So, uh, look, the, the crippling sanctions to come will have an impact. It will take a while, uh, uh, unfortunately. I think they'll involve shutting off Russian banks from the world system. That'll have a profound effect. Um, and, uh, But I do think in the final analysis, past sanctions the thing that Putin cares about is the thing we should do the opposite right he wants uh, US out of Europe he wants NATO weakened and uh, in, in the other extreme I think we should have a dramatic NATO presence in Eastern Europe and let him know that that will continue as long as he continues actions like this.
0: Do you see a scenario where U.S. troops are directly engaging with Russian troops? or I mean, we're clearly not there right now, but do you see a scenario where that might happen in the Ukraine situation?
2: Not in the Ukraine situation. If somehow this uh, is expanded to uh, members of NATO, uh, it is a scary situation, and Putin is speaking in a manner in which we're just, you know, even for him, it's, it's much more dramatic. Uh, with things like the test firing of missiles uh, last weekend in the east, uh, the, the provocation he has talked about. That's pretty scary stuff, and the fact that, you know, he says if anyone intervenes, the response will be incalculable. Now, this tells me he's there. Um, And I I don't want Americans to think that we're insulated from this. Uh, We are going to uh, try to stay out of direct involvement of U.S. troops. But if it spills over into other parts of Europe, that could be a concern. And finally, look, we've had cyber attacks and modern warfare from Russia for years now. Pretty dramatic. Solar winds, the 2016 election uh, the colonial pipeline uh, ransomware, that all stemmed from Russia. To um, so imagine that they won't respond to these sanctions, as he is threatening in a dramatic way, our, our banking sector, the um, energy sector, including our, our electrical grid, are all vulnerable. He's also made noises about hypersonic missiles in Cuba and Central America, hearkening back to you know my youth, but clearly probably a generation ago, uh, just how extreme the Cold War got. If he extends the Cold War back to way, you know what we knew in our youth, uh, then Americans need to be very concerned.
0: Thanks so much. That's Illinois Congressman Mike Quigley. He is co-chair of the Congressional Ukraine Caucus, obviously monitoring the developments now that Russia has issued a full-on invasion of Ukraine.
3: President Biden delivered remarks on the attack this afternoon.
0: Putin is
6: the aggressor. Putin chose this war, and now he and his country will bear the consequences. Today I'm authorizing additional strong sanctions and new limitations on what can be exported to Russia. This is going to impose severe costs on the Russian economy both immediately and over time. We have purposely designed these sanctions to maximize the long-term impact on Russia and to minimize the impact on the United States and our allies. And I want to be clear. The United States is not doing this alone. For months, we've been building a coalition of partners representing well more than half the global economy. Twenty-seven members of the European Union, including France, Germany, Italy, as well as the United Kingdom, Canada, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, and many others, to amplify the joint impact of our response. I just spoke with the G7 leaders this morning, and we're in full and total agreement. We will limit Russia's ability to do business in dollars, euros, pounds, and yen to be part of the global economy. We'll limit their ability to do that. We're going to stunt the ability to finance and grow the the Russian military. We're going to impose major — and we're going to impair their ability to compete in high-tech 21st-century economy. We've already seen the impact of our actions on Russia's currency and the ruble, which early today hit its weakest level ever, ever in history. The Russia stock market plunged today. The Russian government borrowing rates spiked by over 15 percent. In today's actions, we've now sanctioned Russian banks that together hold around $1 trillion in assets. We've cut off Russia's largest bank, a bank that holds more than one-third of Russia's banking assets by itself. Cut it off from the U.S. financial system. And today, we're also blocking four more major banks. That means every asset they have in America will be frozen. This includes VTB, the second-largest bank in Russia, which has $250 billion in assets. As promised we're also adding the names to the list of russian elites and their family members that are sanctioning that were sanctioned as well. As I said on Tuesday these are people who personally gained from the kremlin's policies and they should share in the pain. We will keep up this drumbeat of those designations against corrupt billionaires in the days ahead. On Tuesday we stopped the russian government from raising money from U.S. or European investors. Now we're going to apply the same restrictions to Russia's largest state-owned enterprises, companies with assets that exceed $1.4 trillion. Some of the most powerful impacts our actions will come over time as we squeeze Russia's access to finances and technology for strategic sectors of its economy and degrade its industrial capacity for years to come. Between our actions and those of our allies and partners, we estimate that we'll cut off more than half of Russia's high-tech imports. It will strike a blow to their ability to continue to modernize their military. It will degrade their aerospace industry, including their space program. It will hurt their ability to build ships, reducing their ability to compete economically. And it will be a major hit to Putin's long-term strategic ambitions. And we're preparing to do more. In addition to the economic penalties we're imposing, we're also taking steps to defend our NATO allies, particularly in the East. Tomorrow, NATO will convene a summit. We'll be there to bring together the leaders of 30 allied nations and close partners to affirm our solidarity and to map out the next steps we will take to further strengthen all aspects of our NATO alliance. Although we provided over $650 million in defensive assistance to Ukraine just this year, this last year, let me say it again. Our forces are not and will not be engaged in the conflict with Russia in Ukraine. Our forces are not going to Europe to fight in Ukraine, but to defend our NATO allies and reassure those allies in the East. As I made crystal clear, the United States will defend every inch of NATO territory with the full force of American power. And the good news is, NATO is more united and more determined than ever. There is no doubt, no doubt that the United States and every NATO ally will meet our Article 5 commitments, which says an attack on one is an attack on all
5: calling Vladimir Putin the aggressor in a war he chose with the invasion of Ukraine, the air, land, and sea attack going on all day. Mr. Biden says he's been talking to leaders all over the globe. He's stepping up sanctions. CBS's Linda Kenyon's at the White House. Linda, he detailed some new action against Moscow.
3: He did indeed. He did say that the sanctions against Moscow are going to be more punishing than ever. He'll be essentially cut off from the international banking community through SWIFT, which is an a organization that uh, is an interwoven uh, uh, financial institution around the world. And uh, he also says that uh, Russia's Putin must be stopped now. By the way, he did also advance the idea that uh, while U.S. troops are moving into the region, it is not to engage in combat in Ukraine but rather to shore up the uh, other members of the NATO nations. Steve?
5: Linda, thanks. CBS's Cammy McCormick, who's covered wars for us in Iraq and Afghanistan and has reported from Moscow, is here too. Cammie, uh, what about the U.S. forces and the allies? Certainly NATO allies have been working to reinforce that eastern flank today. That's
4: right. And President Biden just said additional U.S. forces will now be deploying to Germany. These include some of the forces that were placed on heightened alert a few weeks ago. There's also preparations, he said, for additional moves should they be needed to protect the NATO allies. The president also said he has no plans to talk to Vladimir Putin. He said if he does not move, NATO countries could be involved if the president doesn't move. And he said we need to move now to stop him from being emboldened.
5: Cammy, thanks. And the president says he's very sensitive about the fact that gasoline prices could rise and he vows to do everything he can to prevent that from happening. This has been a CBS News special report. I'm Steve Kathan, CBS News.
3: In Chicago, Ukrainians held a peace rally on the northwest side in response to the attack.
8: Ukrainians living in Chicago have been out this morning calling for peace in their country. Some held a rally along the Kennedy Expressway on the northwest side. WBBM's Nancy Hardy reports from Norwood Park.
4: Their blue and yellow flags waving in the cold wind, Ukrainians like Katerina are here hoping the bombing stops. She came to the U.S. three years ago, lucky enough to get a green card, but she's worried about her parents in Donetsk and sister in Kiev. Some of them are in the basement. And uh, just waiting. They hear the bombs and they're scared. Nick isn't sure tougher sanctions will make any difference to Vladimir Putin and his regime because he believes they only understand power.
6: This is the way the whole world lives. They try to be polite, they try to be uh, neighbors, they, you know, but not these people.
4: Ukrainians are asking for help from the U.S. and NATO in closing airspace over Ukraine, sending money and weapons.
3: WBBM spoke with Phil Flynn, Senior Market Analyst of the Price Group in Chicago, to discuss how the invasion will impact oil and gas prices.
8: The price of oil and gas, they are marching higher today as Russia's attack on Ukraine raises further concerns about global energy supplies. Joining us now with an update is Phil Flynn, senior market analyst with the Price Group based in Chicago. Phil, thanks for joining us this morning. In the early hours of the invasion last night, uh, the price of oil crossed $100 a barrel. They backed off just a little bit. It's $97.13 right now. This is the highest uh, the price of oil has been since 2014. And how would that translate to uh, gas prices uh, here in the states and, more importantly, in the Chicago area?
1: I think we're going to see an immediate increase in a couple of days, anywhere from $0.13 to $0.25 a gallon, depending on what part of Chicago you're in or the metro area. Uh, And I think you're going to see that across the country. Um, The shock to the system right now is incredible, Uh, The fear is real, uh, and the possibility of a supply disruption at a time where we can ill afford it uh, is really going to get those gasoline prices to really skyrocket.
8: And we're talking about supply disruptions on multiple fronts, starting with the fact that uh, uh, sea traffic, uh, those tankers, uh, are unable to move uh, thanks to all of that uh, Russian naval equipment on the Black Sea and elsewhere around Ukraine.
1: It really is. And, and because of that, you know, the world, believe it or not, you know, goes through a lot of oil every day. We're talking about 100 million barrels of oil a day. When you get a country like Russia that provides a big chunk of that oil, they're one of the biggest exporters, and that gets impeded, you see that impacted right away. You know, that's why we saw, you know, the price of oil above $100 a barrel. Now, it is coming down a little bit on, you know, reports that the U.S. is working with the International Energy Agency to release supplies of oil but that's only a short-term fix. At the end of the day um, the supplies are going to continue to be tight that's going to mean upward pressure on prices. So this is really bad news.
8: And another uh, key piece of uh, infrastructure to keep an eye on is the Druzba pipeline. I hope I uh, pronounced that correctly, uh, which uh, does send uh, oil from Russia through Ukraine, uh, which feeds uh, refineries in uh, the Czech Republic, Hungary and Slovakia. So if there is some disruption there, uh, that would have a profound impact on the international energy market.
1: It sure would. And and the thing that you have to keep in mind is that right now, a lot of the banks that normally make that happen by lending money and issuing these uh, letters of credit – are not doing it because they're afraid they're not going to get paid if, if sanctions get impeded. So even the uncertainty of that may slow the um, activity through those pipelines. Um, and right now we're hearing that Russia is trying to sell oil at a huge uh, discount to continue to move oil because a lot of the buyers of oil are afraid to buy their oil because they're afraid they're going to get sanctioned.
8: And it's also a a delicate balancing act for Russia as well because uh, petroleum makes their economy go, and it was a collapse in the price of oil in the late 80s that led to the dissolution of the Soviet Union, among many causes. And uh, if if the tap is turned off entirely, that has a profound impact on them.
1: You're absolutely correct. You know, the question is who can outlast too, right? I mean, because Vladimir Putin can turn off the lights, you know, tomorrow right? in Europe if you really wanted to, right? He could cut off their gas supplies, cut off their oil supplies. They would be in a real world of hurt. Uh, so he's betting that that they're not going to cut, you know cut him off totally. Uh, and, and in a weird way, this price spike has helped funding the invasion, right? I mean he's making a heck of a lot of money in has been for the last couple of weeks on the fear of an invasion, and he's betting he'll continue to make money after an invasion.
8: Thanks for joining us this afternoon. I should say this morning you're such, I'm so used to talking to you in the business hour uh, <laughs> when, I'm, when I talk to you before 12. it's very I'm, I'm off, but uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Phil Flynn, seeker market analyst with the uh, Price Group based in Chicago.
3: For updates on this story, be sure to tune into News Radio 780 1059 WBBM. Thanks for listening to In Depth, and don't forget to subscribe on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.